Hey listeners, welcome to my podcast entitled Faith in Humanity, a podcast about ending poverty. So my name is Nevada and I will be your host for this show. Um, I'm extremely excited to be here with you all and I'm even more excited to be able to share some information about the true state of the world that we live in and also hopefully be able to provide some insights into things that you can do to help people living in poverty. So to start off, I think um, as well-off Americans, and I don't want to generalize because I know that some people are very conscious about their personal impact, and some people volunteer and really try to give back as much as possible, but just speaking on the general scope of things, many Americans are uneducated or do not really care about the true state of worldwide poverty today because it is not right in front of us. And so I'm going to be talking briefly about my story and how I found the Borgen Project and my journey toward helping change the course of poverty. So the main thing that I'd like you as listeners of this podcast to take away is that poverty on the global scale is something tangible and something that we can fix. So I think oftentimes we are empathetic toward people we hear about who are living in extreme poverty. But for one reason or another, we don't feel like we can make a difference in those people's lives. And this is such a common misconception, and it's one that I really um, fell victim to for a long time personally. And what really opened me up to the idea that I had a voice and could really make a change was the Borgen Project. And so I'd like to take a minute to just introduce the organization that I'll be talking about, um, which is the Borgen Project. And some of you may have heard of the Borgen Project, but for those of you who haven't, um, not to worry, I'll be telling you all about what it is they do and um, how the Borgen Project is helping people living in poverty to improve their quality of life. So I'll start off here with a quote from the Huffington Post. They stated that the Borgen Project is an incredible nonprofit organization that is addressing poverty and hunger and working toward ending them. So, all in all, the Borgen Project's main goal is to fight extreme poverty. It's the innovative national campaign that is working to make poverty a focus of U.S. foreign policy. So this sounds really complicated, but what it is that they do is actually very simple, and I'll be addressing that a little bit later in the episode. So the Borgen Project believes that leaders of the most powerful nation on earth, America, should be doing more to address global poverty than they are doing right now. Um, They were formed in 2003 and they have headquarters in Seattle, Washington. However, um, the cool thing about the Borgen Project is that they have volunteers working for them throughout the entire world. So there are 839 cities with volunteers um, from the Borgen Project, which I personally think is really, really amazing. So now that I've given you all a good sense of the Borgen Project's main goals, I'm just going to give you a little bit of background into how I got where I am today. Um, So I study international affairs in college, and throughout my college experience, um, I've really felt that there was a lack of focus around what I could do to make a change. So I took plenty of courses that explained the many devastating aspects of the world that we live in, um, but nobody ever really had a solution to the problem. 
And so um, I started looking for organizations to be a part of um, and to intern for that were being part of the change. And I found the Borgen Project. And personally, it is such a good feeling to know that the work and the effort that I am putting forth is going in the direction um, of directly and positively affecting people all around the world and in this country um, who are living in poverty to help to give them a better life. So with all of that being said, let's get to it. You as listeners are here for a reason, and that is hopefully to gain some insight into certain steps you can take to help end world poverty. But nothing ever gets accomplished by beating around the bush, so let's dive right into it. So how to end global poverty? It's surprisingly simple. There are numerous strategies that organizations use to improve living conditions for the world's poor. I'll read off some favorites in a second. Um, But the Borgen Project operates at the political level, working to ensure that the United States provides strong, effective funding for programs that provide sustainable solutions to extreme poverty. So when you hear of some of the solutions to extreme poverty that I'm about to list, just think about the implementation process for each of these. And also imagine the impact that these solutions could provide to, say, an impoverished village, for example. It doesn't take much to make a desperate situation much more comfortable for a lot of people. All it takes is educating the public about what can be done, gathering the resources, and then mobilizing people to make it happen. So here are some of the solutions that the Borgen Project suggests can help move extreme poverty. So number one is installing a well. Running water. Water at our disposal, at our fingertips. A resource we don't even think about wasting for a second because we don't have to be afraid of running out of it. Now, estimates vary, but some sources say that the average American uses about 80 to 100 gallons of water in a day. In a single day. So imagine the possibilities if every human being on earth had access to 80 to 100 gallons of clean, fresh water every day. The possibilities are endless. Of course, different climates and different parts of the world just don't have as much physical access to the scale of water that we do. But a simple way to provide hydration, more time for education, fewer waterborne diseases, and endless possibilities to a group of impoverished people is to provide them with a well so that their journey toward moving away from extreme poverty can actually begin. So the second solution to um, extreme poverty that I'm going to discuss is teaching poor farmers to grow food. So the food industry in America has grown astronomically as we have access to food left and right, Um, So it's hard to imagine a time when people really had to rely on themselves to provide food um, for themselves and their families. Um, I'm just going to give a little um, example from my own life um, to relate back to this. Um, So a few years ago, my mother and grandmother started a garden in our backyard. Um, They picked out seeds and plants for a variety of different vegetables, um, cucumbers, kale, lettuce, tomatoes, um, squash, you name it. 
So the garden thrived and um, grew tall and strong and provided us with some yummy summer salads and healthy snacks. And every year since then, the garden's crop yield has been slightly different. So different variables such as weather that summer, um, the soil quality, animals, etc. have yielded some different results every summer. Um, some years we have more veggies than we know what to do with, and other years it feels like work to get one salad worth of lettuce. Um, but year after year, they keep up the garden as a fun um, summertime activity and a mother-daughter bonding exercise um, for the two of them and sometimes myself. Um, but imagine that we didn't have access to a grocery store and that we had to rely on that garden to provide us with food and nourishment. When you think about it in that way, the stakes are a lot higher. Um, now, gardening in southern Vermont is far different than gardening in, say, rural Nepal, for example. Um, this is why it's important to provide impoverished communities with education about growing food based on where they live. Um, so with access to nourishing vegetables, fruits, and meats, a farm or a garden um, could provide an impoverished community with the tools they need to stay healthy and strong for a very long time. So next, I would really like to talk about providing shelter. Um, so I think this one is a no-brainer. Um, providing shelter is arguably one of the most essential aspects to pulling people out of extreme poverty. If you don't have a roof over your head, it is really difficult to pull yourself out of that extremely impoverished place. And so for me, I think for a long time when I thought of the terms impoverished and extreme poverty, I thought of only people in developing nations, people thousands and thousands of miles away that I had never seen, um, but I knew were there. And this is a great start. As people who have a voice and can make a change, it is always so important to be thinking of people living in poverty all around the world because the ultimate goal is to end global poverty. But I think that we forget that there are people living in poverty, extreme poverty, right on our doorsteps. Extreme poverty is not limited to developing nations. It exists everywhere. And I wanted to mention this in this section um, about providing shelter because I wanted to remind everyone to think about the homeless people you pass on the street on your way to work, as well as picturing the impoverished communities around the world. There should be no limit to who we think of and care about when, um, and care about helping when it comes to helping pull people out of extreme poverty. Um, I find this is also a good time to briefly mention the selfless acts during the extreme cold spell here in the U.S. Um, in the Midwest. Temperatures were lower than they have ever been. And so selflessly, a woman in Chicago decided to buy hotel rooms for homeless people who needed somewhere to go to get out of the negative 21 degree weather. Um, and these acts of kindness, even if temporary, provide people in need with shelter, warmth, and relief, even if just for a few days or a few hours even. And this can really change a person's life. So next I'll be talking about um, education and um, building schools for, um, for the world's poor and how um, education really is um, such a stepping stone to fighting global poverty. Um, so there are a lot of um, barriers when it comes to education 
um, such as a lack of funding um, to provide education to children, um, a lack of qualified um, educators or untrained teachers um, in um, the impoverished areas. Um, but I would say really the most crucial and um, the area where most countries and most areas really lack um, would be a lack of a physical classroom for children to learn in. Um, and so a, a child really cannot learn without the right environment. Children in countries all around the world um, are often um, squeezed into really overcrowded classrooms, um, classrooms that are really falling apart and don't have the right materials and it's stressful and often um, just not not a an environment to promote learning and so um, as well as a lack of um, learning materials um, as I said there's a there's really a lack of resources for children um, in when it comes to schools and education and so um, building the physical schools and giving children access to the resources is the first step in addressing the global poverty issue because when children are given access to education, their future instantly changes, um, instantly a new door opens for them and all of these possibilities that were never available to them before really become available and the world is suddenly at their fingertips and so education really provides a future for a lot of children around the world and many don't have access to education and so building schools is really so crucial um, in fighting extreme global poverty. So next I want to talk about providing vaccines against diseases. So I'm going to start by talking about an article that is on the Borgen Project's website, uh, their blog. And you can go and read it if you want to. It has some really awesome information on there about um, some inventions um, that the Borgen Project has helped to put into place, really has gotten the bills and laws passed um, that have really helped these things come to fruition. But um, when talking about immunizations, I'm going to be talking about Uniject. So, um, in a given year, USAID immunization programs have been able to save over 3 million lives. The potency of a single injection in preventing life-threatening diseases such as um, malaria, hepatitis, and other really um, extreme diseases in parts of the developing world um, have been proven time and, ag and again. Um, yet with such benefits come seemingly unavoidable costs, um, such as the spread of infection um, caused by reusing syringes. And this is really something that we see in developing countries with not a whole lot of access to medical instruments. And so there ends up being a lot of this these reusing, reusing syringes. So this is where Uniject comes in. Um, so the product of a 20-year-long effort, Uniject has already been widely embraced as a mechanism of safeguarding the lives of this and coming generations. So with funding from the United Agency for International Aid and Development, PATH, 
uh, PATH, PATH, a Seattle-based nonprofit organization working to better global health through innovation, has developed um, Uniject, auto-disable inject injecting system. Um, from contraceptives to vaccines, Uniject has made medicine safer and also more accessible to millions and millions of people around the world. Um, it takes the medicines that save lives and then um, portions them into individual sized packages, each carrying the medicine that could really save a life. Um, so auto-disable systems like Uniject have done a great deal in alleviating um, this huge dilemma. Um, in 2010, the use of auto-disable syringes brought down the average hospital stay in Tanzania from seven to three days. And similar results have been achieved across the developing world where Uniject has been distributed. So providing vaccines against diseases is really saving lives. And there are so many startups and nonprofits and organizations out there that are really trying to provide the safest way of getting these vaccines to people in the developing world. And lastly, I would like to discuss how truly amazing and instrumental it is um, when you build small medical clinics in developing impoverished countries. I think this one is also really a no-brainer in that we don't think often enough about what our lives would be like if we didn't have access to medical care, medical treatment, doctor's visits. Um, emergency rooms. Western medicine is incredible and it is the reason that a lot of us are here today. And so I think this really goes without saying that building small medical clinics in developing countries will really um, save so many lives and therefore bring down the death tolls and provide people with longer more happy, healthy, fulfilled lives. And if somebody is having access to medical treatment, they don't have to necessarily be worried about their health and they can focus their efforts on other things such as making money and providing for their families and educating themselves. They can focus on so many other things other than just being sick and trying to keep themselves alive. And so building small medical clinics is absolutely top three when it comes to really pulling people and countries out of extreme poverty around the world. So with all of that being said, I want to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. This episode has really been about um, talking about poverty and getting the conversation going and just really starting to dig deep into how we can really take control of the global poverty situation and take matters into our own hands and really start to get the ball rolling and really make a difference in the lives of so many people who are living in impoverished countries. And so there is a lot of good news when it comes to global poverty. And that is one of the big misconceptions is that, you know, poverty is something that you can't fix, that you can't see, that you can't do anything about. But there is good news. Um, you know, there is lots of it. Um, for example, um, on the Borgen Project's website, 
um, we talk about how in 2015, countries all over the world um, adopted the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Um, I'm sure a lot of you um, are aware that um, this is an awesome thing. It's a set of 17 targets to combat poverty, um, reduce inequality, improve global health outcomes, and protect the planet by 2030. Um, so a lot of those things I just kind of discussed in this podcast. Um, the Sustainable Development Goals are successors to the um, successful Millennium Development Goals, um, which um, ended in 2015 after 25 years of achievements in um, uh, tackling global poverty. And so the Sustainable Development Goals really are seeking to further expand on these accomplishments with a key target to end extreme poverty for all people by 2030. And so, um, you know, the UN is taking matters into their own hands and the Borgen Project is. And, um, you know, there are so many people out there that know that they can make a change when it comes to global poverty and extreme poverty and so really just getting the conversation going and getting these ideas out there that's really what this podcast is all about and so I hope you enjoyed listening and um, I hope you tune in next week for some more information and some more discussion about um, what you can do to um, help global poverty so thank you very much Um, I've really enjoyed talking to you all and um, join me next week